millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed yet, but I think there's a plethora of mid-range options in both the middle and also the edge here. And if you watched our previous video, then great. You, you would have seen those guys if you haven't. Then, uh, then jump in and check that out. I really appreciate that. I think it's going to help you plenty um, in, in making your side. So really to go along with all the amazing Top Gun options in that mid and that edge section there. So this video is going to add to that, that's for sure. To understand early that you will have to leave out some really, really good options in both positions, whether it's for top points or the value guys or potentially even the cheapies, you may have to leave out of your squad as well. Picking the correct value, guys, is the hardest part of this position. As so, the spots in the team and minutes played are all the huge factors that will make or break a selection. Because most of the edge guys you want in your side, if you think they're going to have some value, it's usually having that sort of 60 plus minutes. And a few of these guys might be in line for 50 minutes. We just don't know at this stage. So, usually, you know, you see one edge in each team play that 70 to 80 minute minute role. Will your option be that guy that plays at 70, 80 minutes, or will he be down in that 50 or so there? Uh, it usually depends on the experience and obviously their legs and, and if they can if they can take it. Uh, but we'll find out obviously hopefully through the preseason. And something to, to look at from from last year is you know Jacob Preston and he did come in and play some big minutes in the trials. He played big minutes in Cup and uh, you know all the games that he played coming through the, the grades there and was able to, to show us that he had potential to play those big minutes if he got the opportunity. So looking for guys like the Jackson Fords who have that motor in them uh, is exactly the person that you want in your side as a edge mid-price guy. Let's kick it off with uh, Lucille Lua. I've got nine guys on this list that I think uh, are going to be some, somewhat relevant or someone we need to look at heading into the trials and, and from there. So Lucy's a 608K. The average is 44.2. Really, for him, it's the same over the last few years. I think he's going to potentially lose some minutes to Lukey in some games. Some games he will play the 80. But uh, overall, over the last couple of years, he has been around this average. And it was only when he was playing at the Tigers that he was a 50-plus guy. So I think we can leave him there in this one. Jackson Ford, only the edge this year. 
a lot more expensive than when we had him last year. But the average is 44. He scored 47 in his uh, 77 minutes of those games where he you know, didn't have any concussions and the like. So a tiny bit of value there. But who loses minutes on the edge? Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Kurt Capewell? There's a few things to look at in that scenario there with the Warriors. Trent Liero helped us out last year, which was good. 601k, 43.7 is his average. So for me, it's with the arrow. If he does get the spot, it's more of the same. And I said, unless Bloor comes over, then it's a no-go anyway, which has just happened. So just be aware, guys, I'm making this one on Friday afternoon, like hoping to, to pop it out on Sunday, which is going to be cool. And hopefully there isn't any changes to, to these guys. And if there is, just note that I have popped this out. Uh, I've made this on Friday there. Thankfully, I was able to, before I made this video, was able to change a few things that I've written down already, sort of, you know, anywhere in the last week I've, I've, I've made this document and uh, Bloor has been moved from the Tigers there to the Storm, I was say Justin Molo, <laughs> um, Justin Olam ends up going to, to the Tigers there. So they, they've made the switch and I think that's going to be great news for Bloor and also for Munster as well, if you're a Munster, if you're someone that's interested in Cam there. That's going to be helpful. So Liero, I think his stocks are way down in the bin now. And a good chance he plays more middle if he does get in this side. Burns, 600k, just edge as well. 44.5 the average. He moves to the Sharks. And I think he's at his peak price anyway. Played a lot of you know big minute games last year. I don't see that increasing at the moment, obviously, given he uh, was pretty close to 80 minutes in his games. And he's likely to not start. There's Talakai. There's Teague Wilton, and there's also Burns. So an option at some point, potentially, if he gets a bench uh, spot and loses cash. Liam Munn, he's a pretty interesting case there because he averages 48 in 72 minutes. So there's some games where he played some low-minute games in amongst injuries, which has dropped that average down to 43. But he hasn't been a 50-plus guy ever. And really, anything under 50 here is probably not worth it for a guy that's going to be playing Origin that you can't keep for a long period of time and as a buy in round six as well. So we'll leave Liam Martin out, but definitely a little bit of value uh, in and around those injury-affected games. Zach Hosking, another one of those men. I actually have to change that now while we're here. That's the only thing I didn't change is what they're, uh, where they're playing there. So he's off to the Raiders now at 584K, 42.5 average. We saw what he was able to do at times last year when he was getting close to that 80 minutes. There are also games where he get 50 to 60. There's also games where he didn't have to tackle too much given they were, were ahead and, and scoring tries. And a lot of times they went through the left-hand side. So the odd game, you get a line break or something like that. But for Hosking, I suppose moving to the Raiders, very much likely to, to be a tackle bot, which could be cool. But he does have Elliot Whitehead, I'd imagine, is the guy that he's fighting for in that spot. So if he was to get the start anyway, does he get the full 80? I just don't think so. I think Whitehead has to come on and play a few edge minutes, a few minute, middle minutes as well. So I'm expecting some dollar losses for Hosking. And if suppose if he was to start, he could hit somewhere around that 40 average. But again, that wouldn't be worth it. Um, but if he loses some cash, he'll become an option at some point for sure. Okay, well, at 580k, he's always a 40s guy. Let's leave it there. Egan Butcher at 580. I just think he's going to be a bench guy. You know, there's going to be, you know, Wong in there. There's Nat Butcher. There's Angus Crichton. There's a lot of guys for that edge position. If he's on the bench, it's uh, not enough minutes. That's for sure. With Egan, Lemuelu. Just uh, learn a little bit more from NRL Physio based on his injury that he had in the internationals in the offseason. So he his PCL and MCL, which he's been rehabbing, and he's just been spotted at training, uh, getting back into his work, and he's hoping to be back for the trials in, in you know, playing playing proper footy, not just uh, 
you know, back back training. He should be back and ready to go for that point. But that does mean he's in the rehab group for a while now. And for someone that does have a little bit of value here, because he averaged 47.6 in second row non-concussion affected games, which is cool. And uh, seeing a second year into it, potentially can have some improvement. Did score a fair few fair few tries last year and, and the team's going to be a little bit better. So maybe, maybe a little bit in there as well as a closer to a 50 guy. So potentially anywhere between sort of four to seven or eight points of value, which could be cool. But does he get the 80 minutes and does he take a leap? That's the big question mark there. So I think you just let him go through to the keeper to, to begin things. And we'll get into his stats there. It does say, guys, when you search up Lem, it's got two of them. It's got his real price with no stats in there. And it's got his fake price at 497 with a break even of 34, which is incorrect. He's at the five, um, the 575. Yeah, 575 there with the average of 42. And that's what he's priced at there. So you are looking at him. And if you were to, as I said, drop that down into, into gains where he played over the 50 minutes there, even though, yeah, you keep that 64 in there, which is cool. Average 46 in that 75 minutes there. And uh, yeah, that's between games in, in prop. Uh, prop where he played edge. So he had a low one there at 24, 34 off in the interchange. So that wasn't the edge position. So for him, could be anywhere around this price, uh, this this sort of scoring, I should say, at 46, 47, 48. And that'll be a little bit of value, but probably not worth it going forward in, into your side anyway, especially coming off an injury. Whitehead's in there. He is who he is. May have lost his spot to Hosking. We don't know at this point. Jordan Rickey, at 565, 41 the average. Only had one over 50 average stretch of four games last year. So I just don't think he has the upside. And, and that's been him for a couple of years now, about that 40 mark. And uh, not super important, that's for sure. Sean Lane, a very interesting man coming into coming back into this eel side, that's for sure. At 558K, he is priced just under that 41 average there. And, and he had a 35.7 average last year. So he's been priced up five points which is pretty frustrating a few good things in his favor and a few negatives as well so let's get into that a 48 average in 2021 games over 50 minutes which is really nice which means he has sort of close to that seven points of value there which will be good in 2022 he had a 52 average and he played out of this world and even better when it came to the finals he's priced up five as i said and if he gets back to near 2021 2022 averages then great there's about nine points of value if you average that out, which is cool. If not, then it's a little bit of a waste just because he didn't look very good last year. There's a lot of injuries. There's plenty happened with him, and that's why he is of interest in our sides. But being priced up, it does make it a little bit tough for me to put him in, in my side personally. I definitely think that a lot of people will start with him, and a lot of people think it's a slam dunk. But for me with Laney, I do feel like I need to see it before I can believe it, uh, to be honest. And maybe that preseason trials, Maybe that is the first few rounds of the season to see how he plays because he only had one good game last season where he was able to get over 60 and all the rest he sat between the 30s and the 40s and some lower 20s and that to, to bring down that average to 35.7. So I really don't think Laney's a guy that's going to be able to hurt us in terms of being able to have a stretch of sort of 60 plus games or or you know 55 plus, which would you know be 15 plus points of value. I just don't see it. Could happen, but we'll have to see how he comes back from those injuries. Uh, really, yeah, as I said, only one score in the seven games that he played last year. So Laney's definitely an interesting one. Speaking of interesting players, Dylan Lucas is the next guy on the list at 558K. He's someone I am extremely hot on. Ter- Terrell May and, and Dylan Lucas were the two guys from the back end of last season and into the finals that played really well 
scored great and were two guys I said, I'm going to start with this year. They both have their issues in terms of making sure they actually have a spot in the side. So really for those two, and just to reiterate that on, on Terrell there, if they were able to get their role, they're slam dunks. The big question mark is if they actually get their role. So with Lucas, he's got Kaipi's four coming over from the Super League that could be a bit of an issue to him and his minutes. And we just need to find out what's going to happen with Kai and if he's going to be fit for round one, close to it, if he's going to be a bench guy and take some minutes off Lucas. Because if Lucas isn't near that 70-plus minute range, then we can't touch him. And that, and that's it, it'd be fine, to be honest with you. At 558K, it's high enough that he could hurt you if he doesn't get the minutes in terms of you know being out being averaging sorry averaging around that sort of 35 to 40 averaging around that 40 mark where he's priced at at 40 and a half and you know it could be a 41 42 guy and that just doesn't help you with that price where you could have got some value from someone down below uh, spend a little bit less then upgrade elsewhere and get a pain house get one of these guys in your side so I'm super hot on him if it's guaranteed that he's going to get close to that 80 minutes because he did average 55 in the seven starts with that one finals game last year with two tries. So he's priced at that 40 and a half, 41. If it looks like he's going to get that 80 minutes, then he has to be an option in your side, just straight up. 42 tackles, three misses a game, plus 94 meters is a base of 45 in a team going well. So that's five points of value in its own right. So have a look at Lucas for sure. Uh, definitely someone I will be interested in. But if we find anything else on it, then we just scratch him straight off the list, I think, is the simplest thing, just to that price. If he's in the 400s, you can play around with, with lower minutes, but too high uh, of a price for that otherwise. Dan Russell, at this stage, is likely to be on the bench. There's a guy a little bit lower down in Ryan Couchman that's come into to figures as well. And we've got uh, Tom Eisenhuth, who I'll speak about as well. So there's a few guys going for that left edge position now that a few of their boys have left. So Dan Russell, one of those guys, I just don't see him playing the big enough minutes. Uh, he did a job last year, and let's leave it at that. Ewan Aiken, edge and center, I just think there's a high chance he, he's on the bench or he absolutely, actually misses the team. So he's always a solid player, but uh, yeah, someone to, to leave out. Jeremiah Nanay, 549, average of 40. So for me, he's just too volatile. He has some good games. He has some low games. Likely or unlikely to play 80 minutes, I should say. So I think he's a worth an avoid at this point of the season in round one. Chris Lewis, a 39 average for him in 536K. So he's very, very, very unlikely to start now. They've got a couple of guys in Katoa and Bloor. I'm super excited for the Storm now with that addition. That's huge for him. He's not going to start avoid him, Chris Lewis. All right, we've got Morgan Smithies and Kai Pierce Paul now. For Smithies, they're both at 520K. He averaged 35 tackles a game in the Super League and meters run, meters gained were very, very low at that. So he's very much a defensive ball playing 13. And for me at 520K, he's priced way too high to start. He's not a John Bateman style. You know, Elliot Whitehead was a lot cheaper when he came in. So we were able to get him at that slightly cheaper price and get 80 minutes out of him on, on an edge. Um, you know, nothing like a Sam Burgess and the like here. There's, there's some raps on him, the youngster, but... I just think you can. he's not someone that's going to hurt you at 520. If he comes in and absolutely brains it with Horsburgh being out that couple of weeks, it's two to three weeks. Some people are saying he's back in round four, some in round three. So however that uh, plays out. But he could be a guy that gets some good minutes at the start. But now with Whitehead being potentially shafted, they've got Zach Hosking that, that's likely going to start as well. I think Smithy's stock's just got lowered a little bit more even, even for round one. But... 
definitely when Corey Horsburgh comes back. So that's where we're at with Smithies at the moment. I think it's just a wait and see. Have a look at him in trials. Listen to Ricky Stewart. Not that we can trust anything that he says, but uh, yeah, that's that. Guy Pierce Paul at 520k as well. For me, he's too expensive coming off a big, bad, a bad big toe injury uh, that he's been dealing with for the whole last season. So that's obviously could hamper his play a little bit, but seemed to get through it. Good attacking talent, but in saying that, seven tries in 61 games for an edge. Yeah, it's a bit low for some of the edges, especially in the NRL. A lot of the edges, really. Uh, so just now having that surgery and he'll be fighting for that edge spot. Let's wait for further news on him. I just don't think you can start with him at 520 either. Okay, the interesting man, Shawnee Bloor at 518K. The average is 37.7. So a little bit lower in price than guys like Dylan Lucas. And, and the good thing with Bloor, he has a really, really good attacking upside. And he's moving to the Storm now, which I'll change that as well while we're here, which I think is very, very helpful for him. We know that if he's able to get that spot and we hear news of, of Trent Liero moving into the middle full-time, then I think this is great news because anything close to that 70 minutes, Blory is going to be a very, very good pick, I think. At 37.7, the 518K, we saw what Eli Katoa was able to do last year. It's almost, you could almost say that Blory has a little bit more talent than Eli, potentially, or they're very, very similar. And I, don't, I think Eli Katoa can average close to 50 this year. And you know, what's to say that Blory couldn't average 45 in this team at a minimum? And that would be a little bit over. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Seven points of value with the upside of 55, 60, 65 games with the odd trike running off Cam Munster. He officially got transferred, as we said. Many times you look at Liero, he'd get really close. To scoring tries, which I, I felt obviously owning him, followed him very, very closely, running off Munster. And I think they were close enough that in those scenarios, Bloor would score those tries for the most part. So there's a little bit of upside on him. Liero was, you know, averaged 43 and a half. He was able to, yeah, he actually missed three tackles a game. Bloor misses 1.6 per game in those big minutes. So I think if he starts and plays the big minutes, he has the value he averaged 46 in 77 minutes across the starts that he's had in those nine starts, only getting 86 meters per game. So that's pretty low. And obviously, try scoring is fairly low in that as well. Liero averaged 104 meters, just for comparison. So if he was, if he was just to get those extra few meters there, the extra 20, 20, given the extra couple of points in run meters, potentially the tackle breaks, the offloads, the try scoring off uh, Munster, and then in a better team, potentially where he'll get some try assists and the like as well. 
glory is of interest in my side. And we'll see my rankings down the bottom of the best options I've got for points and also value there. Harawira Naira, prayers up. The CHN is okay. I really hope he is. There's some talk that he may not ever play again. I just hope he's okay. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, Viliami Kikau with the, with the dogs. A 513K had an average of 37.3. Played a lower amount of games. And for him, he's one of those players that definitely has some upside if he can get back to those Penrith numbers. But I feel like it's unlikely in this team. So maybe a few points extra without carrying those injuries and with the dogs being a little bit better. But he's not one of those guys that will play the big minutes, which is usually what we want in an edge. It's very hard to, to average sort of 45 plus when you're playing that 55 to 65 minutes on, on a weekly basis. Felice Cafusi at 501k, the 36th average there. He has previous, previous averages of 42 and 40 in 2021 and 2022. So it shows a little bit of value there at close to five, you know, five or six points. But I just don't think it's worth it with his Sinbin ratios and the like there. That's kind of why the average is down on, on previous years. Angus Crichton, definitely someone that uh, you guys should be looking at because if he was to get the start, we definitely should have some interest in him. Average 32 last year, and he's been priced up considering his pedigree. So he's someone that could average 50 to 60 if he started for 80 minutes, which he's done many times in the past. We need to see him in the trials, back to good form, or word from the coach before we get excited about Crichton there as a starter. I really hope he's doing well after the issues he had off the field with his uh, health last year. So Crichton, definitely of interest, but we do need to find more information before he becomes a slam dunk pick in this rooster side, which is covered and littered in edges and middles. Michael Cheekham did a really good job last year, made some money for coaches. I just don't think it'll happen again unless he's on the bench for a while and then injuries can hit like last year where he gets a start. But they've got like Talis Duncan and the like that are options this year potentially for that edge. Helam Lukey at 498k, average of 36.2. He did a really good job for a lot of us last year. The average of 40 in 55 minutes shows some major upside if he were to get bigger minutes. But the big question mark is, is he able to get near those big minutes? And unless there's an injury or two, we saw even last year with Nanai being out, that Lukey still wasn't able to get big minutes apart from you know one or two games. So unlikely going to happen at this stage to let him go. Garner, he's not going to start, so we'll leave him out. Let's go to Wong there as well. I also forgot to, to go through the stats from a few of these players. So Laney there, like we spoke about, if you want to look at a few of his sort of scoring efforts there, 2022, through the back end, there was a 71, 70, 67, 71, and 75 before he absolutely smashed it in the finals. Like I remember him playing up against the Cowboys and absolutely demolishing them. So last year was a little bit of a worry. With just that 160 game and plenty of low ones, some low minutes games and the like there. If you just extrapolate his minutes out from last year, if you go a 50 plus, in that that includes a 52 minute game, but he averaged 40 in the 75 minutes, which you know for him he's got a very consistent spot in that team, and you know that's after injuries. So you know that's five points of value with potential ups. Uh, sorry, that's him hitting his price of what he's priced at and then has the potential upside for sure going back to, to where he would be at there. Lucas, there's obviously not many games for, to show from him, but he scored a couple of really good ones in, in the finals there. And yeah, big tackle numbers like we spoke about with him. Shawnee Bohr, the 518. Uh, yeah, if you just extrapolate his, his one down, we already spoke about him in depth, that's fine. Crichton, we just spoke about. You can go through some of his seasons there. 
2022 averaged 53, which was a fairly low one for him. 58 in 21, 60 in 20, and you get there. You get the uh, you get the story. Wong, let's have a have a chat about him in here before we get back into the word doc. But 32.3 is his fantasy average last year. So let's have a look at him from the edge position there, and let's that gets into a 62 minute starter position, and that's 40, and that's probably something we need to look at because they have so many edges in their team. He has five games there in that. He also had a really, really good game in the final series. I'll get the stats up in that one where he scored a try. And he also had a 49-minute effort in there as well. So you're just looking at those scores there. And if he was to get those 62 minutes, he scored one try. He got three line breaks in that. A fair few missed tackles. So that could definitely be cleaned up. And, uh, you know, a few three errors in that and five penalties. So a penalty a game. They're all stats that could definitely be improved upon. And they're not outlierish stats that uh, you know he it's going to be very hard for him to get again. At 444k, he's definitely someone that should be on a lot of people's radars if he was to be able to get that start there is Siwa Wong. So really, yeah, those games I'll talk about now. So 75 in the 71 minutes that he played in that finals game and 29 in 49 minutes. So yeah, up and down obviously there and that, that could be where he's at. He might play 50 minutes, he could play 60, he could play 70 there in some games depend on injuries and, and what they're expecting from him. So at 444, the upside is really there. The downside, not so not so much there, which is really, really cool. So basically he has sort of three 70-plus minute games and four 50-minute games. And, and is that something do you, that you expect coming into 24? Is that the trend that we that he follows there? I think he starts, but I, I do think he sticks to this schedule of minutes with guys like Crichton, Butcher, and potentially Satili on that bench there that could take a few minutes from him for sure. So factoring in his two final starts, he averages 43, which, you know, is a, a 10 to 11 points of value, which is pretty easy to slot into your side for sure. Plus you could add scope for some improvements in his own game. Like we spoke about there, looking at the stats with penalties and, and missed tackles and the like with a chance for more minutes. Um, it's very, very hard to go past Wong if he is named to start in round one. Josefsky, it's a no for me. Torpenny is a no as well. Tom Eisenhuth, we're getting to the last few in the list, guys. So thanks so much for being here in this one. 424K for Tommy Eisenhuth. The average is 31, which is uh, helps us a little bit if he was to get really big minutes, which we'll, uh, we'll jump in and have a look at in a second. But the Dragons need leadership, and, and Eisenhuth will bring that for sure. And I think that's his big, big the, yeah, the, the big factor that could be very helpful for Eisenhuth to get a chance in this in this squad, in, in the starting team anyway. So is that enough to get him a big minute role? I'm unsure at this stage. He averages 40 in 58 minutes in his edge starting games, which is cool because that's nine points to potentially 10 points of value there. Even if that wasn't to change, you know, and he was to get 58 minutes as a starter, that's super safe, nine points of value for a guy that just is very consistent. If he was to increase those minutes up to 68 minutes there. He's a 46-point scorer in that time, and that's 15 points of value. So Eisenhuth, if he was to get the start, then that would be really cool. I was a little bit higher on him thinking there'd be a good chance to start. And then we heard some chatter that Ryan Couchman could potentially get the edge starting position. So there's a lot of you know push and shove for this spot, and that could just really hurt all of them. And they, they all kind of split the role, like two of them split the role or something like that. And uh, yeah, it could be a bit of an issue. But Eisenhuth can also play through the middle. Couchman also can play through the middle as well. Played some lock games in, in New South Wales Cup, which we'll speak about. And uh, also some yeah, some bench middle in uh, in first grade there as well. So big time trials watch for Eisenhuth and where they slot him in. 
Tulangi, 421, going to be bench or Mr. 17, not worth it. Couchman, we just spoke about him, obviously, a little bit, which is cool. And in his squad's cup, he averages 52 in 20 games. So that's four tries. He had 600 tackles with a 94% accuracy, and a lot of that's on the edge and a little bit through the middle as well, sort of five or six games through the middle. 138 meters per game, 15 offloads. So a little bit under an offload a game, um, and obviously plenty of meters there. Unlikely for 80 minutes, though. So it's a risk at the price, given his price at 30. That's 52 in, to be honest, a lot of them weren't 80-minute uh, games. He sort of played a stretch of the middle of the season where he had 70 and 80-minute games. At the start, there was a 40-odd or 50-odd. So he's a little bit all over the shop. I didn't go through counting the actual average minutes, but it looked like it'd be around the 60-odd, which, you know, if he was to get a start here, 60-odd minutes, you'd expect somewhere around the 38 to 40, given his scoring, which we'll show in a sec, in first grade. So it's definitely a risk at the price. And if he is on the bench, he's priced himself out of con uh, contention, that's for sure. So that is Wong. And then we'll go to Eisenhuth at 424. Uh, we spoke about, I should say, there. Couchman is the next guy. I'm getting good at this uh, fantasy stats, aren't I? Not. Uh, so for him, he's only played uh, the five games there in first grade. And the minutes were a little bit all, all over the shot with a 51 and then some 30-odds some ranging from 31 to 39. A low of 21 points. Uh, some high 20s in there in the 47 in that 51 minutes where he made 35 tackles for no misses. So you could tell here the missed tackle rate becomes a little bit higher when it gets into first grade. And yeah, a little bit mixture between the edge and the middle is those those games that you see here. But a 38, 39 minutes there for 30 average. If you got that out to a 60 there with that PPM, he'd be sitting in the mid to high 40s, which is really, really cool. So Something to note there that Ryan Couchman could be getting that spot. Again, let's just look and wait, find out more information as we get to uh, the trials. Cleese Haas, interesting guy. Bofamore is back, which is going to be frustrating for Cleese. But anytime he got big minutes on, on an edge, he did average 45.6, which is pretty cool. Uh, if we had any indication of this going forward, then it's happy days. But you know, there is clearly for Fida and for Moore there to start ahead of him. So he needs an injury, and let's hope that there is no injury, but um, that's what he'd need to get a, to get a chance at good scoring and good money making. White from the Roosters there, 411k, average 29.9. I just think there's too many mouths to feed at the Roosters. Seems like a good player, but uh, that he's priced himself out as well. And then Josh Shush uh, to finish things off. What an interesting man Joshy Boy is. Can we trust him to even play big edge minutes if, if he did get the start? There were games where he was sitting at 18th man last year near the end and was losing his spot. So can we expect that he gets the big minutes? I'm not sure. His scores at six last season don't give us a lot of confidence of a bounce back. There's some games starting at six. There's some games off the bench in there as well. You have to mention his edge average, obviously a 47 in 2021, but a lot has happened since then. Well, he signed another big contract, hasn't he? One of the riskiest picks in the game, I just don't see him hurting us that much. He came out of the blocks and absolutely smashed it and couldn't play any better, in my opinion, for him. So that's 17 points of value if that was the case. I just don't see that. Could he be a 40-point guy? Sure. Can I trust it? No. Is he dual position? Yes, that's helpful. I just think it's a big, big trials watch there for Joshy Schuster. So let's just look at last year and, and uh, yeah, one game, I should say, off the interchange last year for six. So you take that out and he's obviously a tick over Tick over 30 of an average, but one game of 51, and that included three try assists and a try. So you can see what uh, what he can provide there. 42 and a 46 in another one. Both got a try assist in there. 
with some with the odd kick meters and, and some run meters as well. But yeah, for a guy at six that you'd expect to be a running half, average 43 meters. So we know his laziness. He averaged 16 tackles for 2.3 misses. Wasn't terrible, but there's also a lot of times where they just went through a gap on the line and he would just miss them, like literally not even touch them and, and not register a missed tackle. So we know on the edge, it's very, very tough to to make a lot of those tackles. And he was fairly good back when he was, had that opportunity to play in, in 2021 there. Missed tackles weren't too bad at 1.7, but since then, a lot has changed. I just don't see him getting back to that. But again, a big trials watch, and we'll just we'll wait and see on that one. Okay, my best options, four points first, and then also value. So Dylan Lucas, likely out of all these groups to get the, the biggest points if he was to start and have the position. So that's why he's there. He has keeper level scores, has the position risk. He has eight to 13 points upside, in my opinion. Wong, cheap, very, very cheap. One of the cheapest on this list with big upside if the stars align. Anywhere between eight to 15 points of upside if he starts. Tom Eisenhuth, again, if he starts, he could be he's going to be very consistent for you. Definitely a position risk. Anywhere between 9 and 15 points of upside with a 60-minute roll or more. Sean Lane, number fourth on the list. Number four on the list. Spot. How's the spot for him? The minutes are locked in. 5 to 12 points of upside with Lane. I don't see the massive craziness upside, but yeah, I've got him all out to 52 like he scored in 2022, which is unlikely in my opinion. Gloria, I have him under Lane, under lane just because the minutes aren't locked in, whereas they are for Lane. We know he's going to get close to that. 80 minutes there for sure. So Bloor has the upside, potentially has the position, and some minutes risk for him, but 8 to 13 points of upside for sure, anywhere closer to that 50 mark, um, and, and somewhere about that 45 to 50. Josh Schuster, I've got him in at 6 because he has the upside. Has previous success, good chance he gets the edge spot, um, but it's potluck in, in, uh, in my opinion for Schuster. Crichton there. Could he bounce back? If he was to get the start, he'd definitely be way up this list. But at the moment, I don't think he will. Minutes, I'm not sure of as well. So um, zero to 20 points of upside. If he's a bench guy, zero. Anywhere up to 20 points, I think, if he starts. Ryan Couchman, the potential. He's unseen in NRL on an edge, really, unless it's off the bench. Anywhere between zero and 15 points of upside. And then Lemuelu, the spot's safe. Coming back from injury, though, potential for some growth. About five points of upside for Lem, um, but unlikely for anyone to start with him at that so that's my edge position for the mid uh, for the mid tier value there let me know your thoughts and who you'll be looking to select in your side coming into that one we will have the cheapies for for the edge for the mid guys if you're looking at that and i hope you enjoyed that one and we'll see you in the next one Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 